Tonight, we will take you inside the White House for a cable-exclusive interview with the 45th President, Donald J. Trump. Now, it's been a very busy first week for our new Commander-in-Chief. Earlier today, we asked President Trump about his agenda, mainstream media bias, repealing and replacing Obamacare, his upcoming nominee for the U.S. Supreme Court, fighting ISIS, and if the job of the presidency has changed him. Let's take a look. Mr. President, good to see you. Thank you. What a, what a week this has been. It's been a uh, it's been a great week. We have accomplished a lot. Well, that's what I, I first. I got some time to talk with you earlier in the week in right. the in the Oval Office, and the thing that really stood out to me is you seem to be enjoying yourself and very focused on all the promises you made in the campaign. Are you? Is it your intention to keep every promise? Well, I'm going to keep as many as I can. You know, politics is tough. Sometimes you make a promise and for some reason you can't because you have opposition on the other side that raises their hand and then make it impossible. But I'm going to keep a lot of them and I've kept a lot of them already. Everyone's talking about it. And we're going to do things that I said we were going to do. And we're going to take care of a lot of people that were mistreated by government for many, many years. And that's uh, really how I won the election in the first place, Sean. You know that better than probably anybody. Let's talk a little bit about the executive orders on Syria, Iraq, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Yemen, and 120 ban. That goes to the promise of extreme vetting. Totally extreme. Explain. And beyond just those countries, we're going to have extreme vetting. We're going to have extreme vetting for people coming into our country. And if we think there's a problem, it's not going to be so easy for people to come in anymore. You look at what's gone on. I mean, we could just go one after another, but then you go to other countries and you look at Nice and you look at different places all over Europe and you look at what's happening with Germany, it's a mess. The crime is incredible. And we're just not going to let that happen here. Is, would it be gambling if for, at some point when there is a procedure in place, if you can't ascertain whether or not somebody's been radicalized or not, or if radical, radical groups actually train some of their soldiers to say the right things to get in, but if you can't... Sure positively ascertain they're safe and find out what's in their heart? Does that mean no-go? You won't gamble? Well, I tell you what, you use the right word, gamble. We don't want to have gambles. Our country has a lot of problems, well beyond this. And I found out a lot over the last week. I mean, we have serious difficulties. We don't need another difficulty. Right now, the FBI has over 1,000 investigations going on. 1,000. On in all 50 states. All over the place. And these are people that we let in. We don't need this. All right? We don't need this. Some people have come in with evil intentions, and, you know, most haven't, I guess. But we can't take chances. You know, the word gamble is an appropriate word. It's a big gamble. You're throwing something up. Look, uh, I love this country. You love this country. We can't let this continue to happen. We've taken in tens of thousands of people. We know nothing about them. They can say they vet them. They didn't vet them. They have no papers. How can you vet somebody when you don't know anything about them and you have no papers? How do you vet them? You can't. On your show, I've seen that they have FBI agents. They have all these people that you have as experts. They say it's impossible to vet them. I don't have to see that to know that they're right. Mm -hmm. So we have people in this country that will cause problems. We're not going to have any more. And we're going to be very tough and very, very vigilant. You do not need Congress now as it relates to building the wall. And you said in an interview last night that you plan to do this expeditiously. Right. That's about 700 miles of, of fencing. 
other measures as well. Do you think you'll need more than that? Will you have to go to Congress to get their support for? I don't think we're going to need too much. Look, the wall is necessary. That's not just politics. And yet it is good for the heart of the nation in a certain way because people want protection. And a wall protects. All you have to do is ask Israel. They were having a total disaster coming across, and they had a wall. It's 99.9% stoppage. A proper wall, not a wall that's this high like they have now. They have little toy walls. They, I don't know why they even wasted their time. If you ever saw where they build a little ramp over the wall, I don't even know why they build a ramp. They must, it's cheaper to knock it over. You're talking build about a, a real wall impenetrable. I'm talking about a real wall. I'm talking about a wall that's got to be, like, serious. And even that, of course, you'll have people violate it, but we'll have people waiting for them when they do. We have a great man, uh, General Kelly, who just got approved very quickly by the Senate, recommended highly by General Mattis and others. And he's going to be uh, taking very good care of us, Homeland Security. He's going to be taking very, very good care of us. And, you know, when he was named, he didn't even give an order yet. And all of a sudden, the borders started tightening up. You saw that. Mm -hmm. It was on a lot of different shows. They talked about the borders tightening up just by naming General Kelly. Let me China's go to a big decision you're going to make next week. You've announced on Thursday you will make your Supreme Court choice yes. announcement. Two questions on that. One, will it be from the list that you gave out during the campaign? The answer is yes. Will it be an originalist? I don't want to say that. You're going to see on Thursday. Have you made your decision? I have made my decision pretty much in my mind, yes. Next now, question. It's subject to change at the last moment, but uh, I think this will be a great choice. Chuck Schumer, others threatening, we've never had a Supreme Court justice filibustered, but there's a chance that might happen. Hey, if that happens, happens, would, happens, would you but... want Mitch McConnell to use the nuclear option? Which, yes, I would. You would? I would. Have you talked because, to him about look, it? We have obstructionists. These are people that don't want to, I, I almost think, they, uh, they have, what they did to Jeff Sessions, who's a great man and a wonderful man, and then they delayed it another week because they have a one-week delay option. That's not fair to a man. Other people are delayed. Uh, look at Pompeo for CIA. This is a great choice. Everybody agrees. And they delayed him a number of days also, even though he was fully approved and voted on by, you know, I mean, very, very great choice. And that, what, why are they doing that? They're obstructionists. I'll tell you what, they're obstructionists. I go to a meeting with them that's supposed to be a very quiet meeting, nobody talking outside of the meeting. They leave the meeting and they have a news conference about what I said. They're talking to the cameras about exactly what I said at the meeting, which is fine, because I say things that I don't mind going out, because I assume they're going to do that. But the deal was we wouldn't talk to the press. And they go out and they talk you mean to the press. leaking in Washington, that's no, a shock. No, no, but I mean, they talk oh. to the press like 15 feet away from the door. <laughs> it's not like they called up when they got home. Right. So look, these are obstructionists, and that's fine. Let me ask you, um, I don't remember you saying this in, in the campaign, and I was on the road with you quite a bit, and we did a lot of town halls together, but you're now talking about a 10% reduction in spending, in other words, eliminating baseline budgeting, a 20% reduction in the government workforce, how important is a balanced budget to you? And were you surprised Republicans before you got here raised the debt ceiling $9.7 trillion? So a balanced budget is fine, but sometimes you have to fuel the well in order to really get the economy going. And we have to take care of our military. Our military is more important to me than a balanced budget because we'll get there with a balanced budget. 
But we have a military that's really depleted. And I'm negotiating the price of airplanes. Can you believe this? But I understand airplanes. I've, I've heard you got the price down quite a bit already. I cut off hundreds of millions of dollars off one particular plane. Hundreds of millions of dollars in a short period of time. It wasn't like I spent like weeks, hours, really less than hours, and many, many hundreds of millions of dollars. And the plane's going to be better. But you do want that 10% short of the military. I want a balanced budget eventually, but I want to have a strong military. To me, that's much more important than anything. One of the worst ways it seems to spend money is going through the Washington bureaucracy. Every congressman has their pet project. There's been talk about infrastructure anywhere. The Democrats want a trillion dollars. Right. Uh, I think you talked about $137 billion to start. Is that something you want to pay as you go? Is that something you'd rather... Look, our country's in bad shape. We've spent $6 trillion in the Middle East. $6 trillion, Sean. Right. Okay? How the hell do we do this? It's mm -hmm. crazy. And by the way, just so you understand, the Middle East, I don't want to be like, you know, they said the speech can be dark on occasion. Well, we spent $6 trillion. When I was interviewed last night by David Muir, he said, aren't you going to make them angry? I said, angry? How can they be more angry than they are right now? Who are we going to make angry? I thought it was a sort of strange question. But aren't you going to make them angry? I said, they're all angry now. The whole world is angry right now. There's such problems in the world and such anger. But we spent all of this money in the Middle East and other places. In the meantime, we have to rebuild our country. We have to rebuild our infrastructure. Some Republicans are fine with it. Some Republicans don't like it. Actually, probably the Democrats like that more than the Republicans because that's always been one of the things. But, but John, our roads, our bridges, our highways, our schools, our country is in bad shape. Yeah, by the way, I hear your helicopter out there in the background. Sorry. Um, you took great pride in meeting with carriers, saving jobs, meeting with Ford, saving jobs. You've met with union General people. Motors. Seven billion dollars, by the way. Yeah, you know, we have a lot of a lot of plants that are going to be built in Michigan and Ohio and North Carolina and Pennsylvania. And I've only been here for four days. But they understand. They understand that if they build a plant outside of the United States, fire all their employees, when that product, whether it's a car or an air conditioner or a washing machine, when that comes through the border, it's going to be heavily taxed. That's the way it is. But if you want to get rid of 75% of regulations. Yes, I do. Or more. 75 or more. Paul Ryan said by the a 20% corporate tax rate. You want a 15%. By the way, the 75%. Hmm. And we will have the same amount of protection for the consumer because that's very important to me. Mm -hmm. But we'll also be able to create jobs because right now you can't even start a company in this country. Right. The media, a um, little bit of a contentious start, if you will, with them. They want to, I've seen now the New York Times, CNN, NBC, They've used the word liar to describe you, as it relates if you're talking about crowd size or They're very hostile. Fraud. These are very hostile people. These are very angry but, people. But they also colluded against you in a campaign. Yeah. And my question to well, you is... Well, they're very dishonest people. The media is very dishonest. I've been saying it. I say it openly. I said journalism's dead, so we agree. Never, never dead, but it's, they're very dishonest people in many cases. Hey, look, you have some mm -hmm. very honest ones, but, but I get stories that are so false and so dishonest. Martin Luther King's bust. I wish, well, yeah, they said Martin Luther King's bust was taken out of the Oval Office by me.
it's there. So, see, that's a very serious charge, because they're not saying the bus is taken out. What they're saying is that I'm a racist. That's what they're saying. That's a very serious charge. Then it turned out the bus, it wasn't, I, in fact, I got very angry at my people. I said, who took that bus stop? Because I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And they said it was never moved. It was in the same exact spot. It was never moved. I said, how could they say it? A reporter said that it was taken out. But that's a very, very serious charge because that's a racist charge. Then when it was revealed that they were wrong, nobody even talks about it. It was a headline, massive story. Trump takes, I would never do that. First of all, I had great respect for Dr. Martin Luther King. So I would never do that. But when it was revealed that it was wrong, it wasn't even a story. Nobody even knows it. Nobody, I'm saying it now, and there have been a little art, like a line. But that's a very... So I'll give you another example, Chad. Let me give okay. you one other. Sure. I went to the CIA my first stop, because I have great respect for intelligence. I Not the man the, who headed the CIA. I, watched I don't have any respect for him. But, but Brennan, I, thought, I didn't think he was good. But I have great respect for the CIA, for the people. I went there. I have even more respect now because they took me for tours. They showed me. They're amazing. I made a speech. Now I know if it's good or bad. I'm really good at knowing did I do well or did I do poorly. And hopefully I don't do, do rate every speech. I couldn't have done so poorly because I won, right? But, yeah. but no, but in your own head, you do too. I know. When you do an interview, you, know you, you say, well. you know, I did great or I didn't do so good. Mm -hmm. I gave a speech that really was a 10, relatively speaking. I had a standing ovation like you wouldn't believe. Everybody. And it was such a success. Okay, so now I see CNN and other people say, well, who was in the audience from Trump? Trump. I went there with a few people. There's nobody. It was all CIA. They said, but I heard the first row and the first two rows. You saw that press conference. Sean did a great job. But this guy, whoever he was, I don't even know who he was, he was saying that we stacked the audience. I can't stack the audience at the CIA. I paid great homage to the wall with the stars. I paid great homage. And the audience was standing ovation. It, they actually, they were standing from the beginning. They didn't even sit down. It was, a, it was one standing ovation, the whole thing. So I get back, and I will say Fox treated it great. They said it was great. When our new person running, Mike Pompeo, who's fantastic, he said to me the other day, that was so great. Everyone loved it. Everybody loved it. When I got back, I saw the speech. They didn't like it. It wasn't respectful. It was a smattering of applause. It wasn't a smattering. It was, there were like 300, 350 people in the room. Over 1,000 wanted to come. And if I took a vote right now, I would have won 350 to nothing, believe me. Mm -hmm. But even that was demeaned as much as they can demean it. Here's what I'm saying, Sean, is this. The media, much of the media, not all of it, is very, very dishonest. Honestly, it's fake news. It's fake. They make things so up. So then here's my question. Between Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I think, I think you reach 50 million yeah, people. pretty close. But if, if we know now through WikiLeaks, some of these networks were colluding yeah. with Hillary's campaign to right. defeat you. I've seen major newspapers, two cable networks that use the word liar. And my question to you is, does that make you want to rethink entirely how this administration will deal with the media. Well, they're the liars. Let me give you an example. When Sean got up, he talked about the audience, and he talked about, I had the largest audience. Or I did. Yep. I had the largest audience. If you add the television, you add all the sources, the largest audience in the history of inaugurations. I did. They try and demean it so much. 
And when you look at pictures, I'd love to show you a picture. When I was in that speech, I looked out. It was a sea a of people, in the West Wing. and they wanted to mean it. Yeah. I don't even know when that picture was taken, by the way, to be honest with you. But it, was, but it wasn't taken from where I was shooting. They take a picture from the back, from the Washington Monument, a backward picture. They are so demeaning, and they are so dishonest, and in many cases not smart. Well, I don't, but you but I don't up, remember them treating Barack Obama this way. They don't. There is a Look, distinct difference. That could never have happened. The yeah. things that happened to me would... And he's been very nice to me, I have to say, and he wrote me a beautiful letter. But the Martin Luther King thing is an example. That was a terrible thing. And coming up, more of my cable-exclusive interview with President Donald Trump. And welcome back to Hannity as we are outside of the White House. And earlier today, during my cable-exclusive interview with President Trump, well, I asked him about his campaign promise to repeal and replace Obamacare. Let's take a look. Obamacare. I the Republicans, they're meeting in Philly, and you're going to see them. But th they had an artificial deadline. They, they set the deadline for tomorrow. Right. They don't think they're going to make that. You want, at the same time, repeal and replace. I know there are nine separate plans out there. What is crucial for you to have in that plan to let, help? Let me tell you what's crucial for me. Yeah. What's crucial for me is for the public to understand that Obamacare is a disaster, okay? Because now the Democrats are saying, oh, it's wonderful. It's, it's a horror show. You don't have your doctor. You don't have your plan. You have 116% increases like in Arizona. It's a disaster. It's going to be worse this year than it was last year. It actually explodes in 17. And I told the Republicans, I said, look, if you really want to do something, just let it explode. And then they'll come begging us to fix it. Okay? Begging. But that's not the right thing for the public because we have to get it fixed. But Obamacare doesn't work. It doesn't work. And President Obama told me something that was, I thought, terrific. And I believe he means it. He said, if you came up with a better plan and you could get a better plan approved, he would support it. And I actually believe he means that. I do believe we're going to have a much better plan. I think we're going to have a cheaper plan. I think it's going to be a lot less expensive. Obamacare is the Unaffordable Care Act. The, the governor of Minnesota, who hopefully he's better now because he took a Minnesota. pretty bad tumble, oh, no. but he said a month ago that actually during the campaign and after the campaign, he said the Unaffordable Care Act, or he called it the Affordable Care Act, is now unaffordable. Bill Clinton called it crazy. It went up $5,400 when it was supposed to be down $2,500 a year. Let me move on. It is, by the way. It is unaffordable. Well, and, it, and it doesn't work. You know, it's a, you can't even buy a catastrophic plan. Correct. And the deductibles yeah. are so high yeah. that unless you get hit by a tractor, you're never going to be able to use it. Let me ask you, energy, and you know this from your years in building, it's the lifeblood of our economy. Right. We are dependent on foreign nations, right. many of whom do not like us. We have more shale, we have new technology, we have hydrofracking, natural gas, we're the, we're the Middle East and natural gas. How important a goal is it that you want this country to move towards energy independence? Very important. It's very important. Can you do it in four years? Oh, I think you can do it in a lot less than that. No, it's very important. No, they stop you environmentally. They use the environment to stop a lot of good things, not only energy, buildings and mm -hmm. factories, plants. Uh, they use it to stop things. It's like, it's like a roadblock, but that's not going to happen anymore. And by the way, I'm an environmentalist, okay? I believe strongly in the environment, and I'm going to protect the environment. But you don't have to have a man who wants to build a factory 
or a person or a company wait 10 years going through approvals, at the end of the 10 year get rejected, okay? You mentioned the forgotten man a lot, both in, during the campaign. And woman. And woman, and in your inaugural speech, and you mentioned it last night. I gave you statistics, the very first interview I did with you, 95 million Americans out of the labor force, nearly 50 million in poverty, 44 million Americans on food stamps. I've never heard you say that, Sean. I say it every night. I'm kidding. One day you asked me, what I'm are those kidding. numbers you give? <laughs> you said, <laughs> um, but explain by getting rid of regulation, energy independence, jobs that'll be created, a 15% uh, from the highest corporate right. tax rate to the lowest corporate tax rate in the industrialized world, and we're paid trading trillions. All how how does that help and impact those people I talk about all the time? Well, hugely. We're going to have jobs. We're going to have good jobs. We don't have good jobs anymore. We're going to have good jobs. Look at what I've done recently. Ford's moving back, and General Motors is going to be spending massive amounts of money, and Fiat Chrysler, the head, who's a highly respected man, Sergio, flew all the way from Italy to have to go to the meeting two days ago. They're going to spend a lot of money in the United States. Foxconn, uh, $7 billion. Foxconn, Alibaba, Ma, yeah. Alibaba, who's a great guy, by the way. Uh, all of these companies, they're all excited. They're going to, they had no intention. You know, here's another thing with the media. Oh, they would have done it anyway. They weren't going to do it. You see Jack Ma, he had no intention of doing it until I got elected. And he went down and he said, I'm only going to do this because of Donald Trump. And nobody put that in the papers, which is okay. What difference does it make as long as he does it? And he's going to do it. These are great people. These are great companies. And they're going to spend a tremendous amount of money. And it's all because they know how good it's going to be. And what it means is jobs. And, and trade deals. You got rid of TPP. You want all bilateral so, trade agreements now? Look, here's the problem. Number one, they, they didn't do anything on currency devaluations, which is a killer for our country, because we don't do it and everyone else does it, and they just absolutely But do you want bilateral? Absolutely. On every, We're going to make everybody. deals with every one of those countries. And you know what? If the deal doesn't work out, we terminate the deal. Mm -hmm. When you get into the mosh pit, I call it, where you have all these countries together, you can't get out of the deal. And you take the lowest denominator. In other words, you have countries that don't treat us well. They're in there. We want to deal with the ones that treat us well, and if they don't treat us well, we terminate, or we give them a 30-day notice of termination, and then they come back and they want to renegotiate during that 30 days, and we get a better deal. We don't make good deals anymore. You almost wonder, who does these deals? How did it happen? So, so just, look, to sum up, we're going to make great trade deals. We're going to bring back jobs. We're going to have a strong military. We're going to do great. And coming up, I asked President Trump about the threat of radical Islam. Welcome back to Hannity. We are back in Washington, D.C. We are outside the White House. And today, during my sit-down interview with our 45th president, Donald Trump, well, I asked him about the threat of radical Islam and how he plans to defeat it. And here's what he told me. One of the problems we have is evil in our time. True. Winston very, Churchill very, dealt very. with evil in his time. Yeah, Roosevelt dealt with evil in his time. My father fought in World War II. But they had evil with uniforms on. That's true. Okay. This is different. We have evil that lurks around the corner without the uniforms. Ours is harder. Because the people that we're going against, they don't wear uniforms. They're sneaky, dirty rats. And they blow people up in a shopping center. And they blow people up in a church. These are bad people. 
when you're fighting Germany and they had their uniforms and Japan and they had their uniforms and they had their flags on the plane and the whole thing, we are fighting sneaky rats right now that are sick and demented and we're going to win. Waterboarding black sites came up in your interview last night and I was thinking if I had an opportunity to speak with David Muir, I'd say, okay, two guys go into your house, they kidnap your child, one guy gets away with your child, you tackle the other guy. That guy knows where your child is. Would you not waterboard waterboard that guy? So waterboarding used to be used because they said it really wasn't torture. It was the one step slightly below torture. That's why waterboarding... That's why it was legal. I mean, torture is real torture, okay? Waterboarding is... I'm sure it's not pleasant, mm -hmm. but waterboarding was just short of torture. When, you know, all of a sudden they made it torture. So here's the story, look. I spoke with people the other day who are in this world that we're talking about. They said, absolutely it works. Absolutely. Now, General Mattis mm -hmm. said that he doesn't intend to use it. I'm with him all the way. Do I believe it works? Yes, I do. Well, we, we actually know it works. I interviewed, there were only three people that America waterboarded. One of them was Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. Right. That led us to the courier, which led right. us to bin Laden. Right. And I know because I talked to the guy that was running the it program works. at the time. In my opinion, it works. All right. I want to ask about... Do you have even a doubt that it works? None. Neither do None. I. None. Not one. And I watch these people on television. Oh, Donald Trump's in favor of torture. Look, we had people that knocked down the World Trade Center. We had people that go into a club and they we blow lost, everyone We both up. lost friends that day. Everybody did. Thousands of people... We have people all over, and all over the world we're talking about. We're not just talking, we're talking all over the world. They go into a club and they machine gun everybody down. And then they, we're not allowed to waterboard. Let it's, me, it's so, it's, it seems so foolish and so naive. But this is what we have to put up with. But here's the story. I would ask David Muir if they kidnapped your kid and you had one of the kidnappers, yeah. what would you do to get your, the location of your child? Or do you want him to talk in uh, 48 hours from now by being nice to him, okay? It's over okay? at that point. And by that time, it's too late. So I'm not into it. I will tell you, though, it works. And, and I just spoke to people who told me it worked, and that's what they do. I spoke to the guy that ran the program and saw the waterboarding of those three people. Let me ask you this. Uh, I'll go through these very quickly, the countries that you're going to be dealing with now. Israel, one of our closest partners, right. Prime Minister Netanyahu is coming. One of the big issues is the embassy, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Um, how important is it to, to repair this relationship, and what about that move of the embassy? It's repaired. It's repaired yeah. already? It got repaired uh, as soon as I took Within the five minutes? Yeah, it's repaired. We, how, have, how we have a good relationship. Israel's been treated very badly. We have a good relationship with And the, you're holding back the money, the last-minute money that... President Obama gave to the Palestinians. We're going to see what happens, yeah. I don't and want to talk about it. Where do you stand on the embassy to, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem? I don't want to talk about it yet. Not it's yet? It's too early now. Okay. How about, I know you spoke to General al-Sisi. Did you ever speech, see the speech that he gave on radical Islam? Yes. And do you believe he could be... We have a very, be... very good relationship with the general. We're going to have a very good relationship with Egypt. He went into a tough situation and... All I can say is I like them. Do you trust the Saudis over the years? I would argue they've been very duplicitous. Yeah, I don't want to tell you about that. I, I don't like talking about how Specifics. I feel about people mm. because I don't want to be put in that position. Mm. Uh, I hope I get along with everybody. 
but it's possible I won't. A lot of money is being spent from certain countries on radicalizing people. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. Have you talked to Vladimir Putin yet? So much came up about this. Have you had discussions with him? Well, no, he, he called me after I won. But I haven't had a discussion, but I understand we will be having a discussion soon. How about the leaders of China? Uh, yes, uh, I have spoken to him, and I, we have been dealing a little bit with China. And I know you spoke to the leaders in India. What about Pakistan? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Let me, let me ask this. I think this is important. I actually agree with you wholeheartedly about the Iranian deal. Would you? Well, I think it's one of the worst deals I've ever seen. And I'm not just talking about well, nation ransom. deals. No, no. Yeah. I think it's worth, how about $1.7 billion, and that was a ransom payment, yeah. um, in cash. $1.7 billion in cash, but $150 billion. But that's not even the important thing. I think it's one of the worst deals I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And why Kerry didn't get up out of the chair and leave mm -hmm. is hard to believe. Let me ask you about the power of, of the pardon, which is absolute for a president. One night, I know you were watching my show, and I had the mother of this young sailor who is spending a year in jail because he took six pictures for his own use in a submarine and you were comparing it would that be something early on you would consider i'm actually looking at christian it right saucier now. i think it's very unfair in light of what's happened with other people and like, i think it's very very did you hear the story of clint lawrence another guy got 30 years he was doing his job protecting his team in yeah. afghanistan we're looking at a few a lot of those a few of them and by the way right uh, if Another event didn't happen, I would look at him. But how can you have somebody else get away with such a tremendous amount and then this person who takes a picture of his desk on an old submachine? Look, if China or Russia wanted information on that submarine, they've had it for many years, yeah. that I can tell you. When you saw the Women's March this weekend and you hear Madonna say, I thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. Imagine if I said that when Barack Obama was here. Honestly, she's disgusting. I think she hurt herself very badly. I think she hurt that whole... Cause. Cause, yeah. I thought her and a couple of others, but I thought she was in particular. I thought what she said was disgraceful to our country. Last question, and then uh, we're going to take us to the Oval Office, which is nice. You were very passionate last night about Chicago and about the violence. In the course of Barack Obama's presidency, 4,000 people died, murdered, and another however many thousand were shot. Um, you might go in and help fix it if they can't fix well, it. You had many people shot last night. The news this morning is that many, many people were shot last night in Chicago. Chicago is worse than some of the countries you read about in the Middle East where there, there's wars going on. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason It's a war it. zone. There's no reason for it. And coming up, President Trump takes me inside the Oval. It's the inauguration night. You gave your speech. Right. You go to the balls. You come back. And you're in the White House in the residence with Melania. Right. And by the way, that's uh, Marine One right there. That is right. And so my question is, what are you saying? What are you, what are you thinking? Well, it was a beautiful evening. It was an incredible day. People liked the speech, which was good. Yeah. Uh, it just... It's a part of a surreal experience, to be honest with you. I'm sure. But I don't have too much time to think about it because there's so many things to do, so many problems to solve. You know, we're... A, that's not we're bad. A what a beautiful helicopter. That's yeah, beautiful. 
We're a country that has some difficulty, to put it mildly, some very difficult situations. But I, we'll get them straightened out. I have known you for years. And on a personal level, whenever I've ever talked to you, it's either 11 p.m., 12 midnight, 1 a.m., or 5 or 6 a.m. You're a workaholic. Well, I like working. It's, I don't think I'm a workaholic. I, I just like what I'm doing. I don't go too much with the vacations because I'm bored. <laughs> you get bored on vacation? And the good thing about this, I have plenty to do. Yeah, you know, so you're busy plenty now. plenty to do. So the ultimate, I would say. Hard on your family. I, for example, I met your son, right. your 10-year-old. What a wonderful, smart, charming kid. And then they attack him. That's got to hurt well, you Well, Saturday Night Live, a person from Saturday Night Live was... Terrible. It's a failing show. It's not funny. Alec Baldwin's a disaster. Mm -hmm. uh, he's terrible on the show. And and by the way, I don't mind some humor, but terrible. But for them to attack, for NBC to attack my ten-year-old son is wow. a disgrace. And he's a great kid. And he's I a know, great I'm boy. Not, yeah. And it's it's not an easy thing yeah. for him. Um, Believe me. You, I know you talked a little bit about this, the nuclear codes. How long was that meeting? How in-depth is it? Well, Please, I, I don't go into it. I can tell you, though, that's serious stuff. Yeah. And when you see the kind of destruction that's explained to you, you realize that getting along with people is a very good thing. And that's what you, that's when you said about Putin. If we can get along, we'll get along. If I, I don't know Putin. But if we can get along with Russia, that's a great thing. It's good for Russia. It's good for us. We go out together and knock the hell out of ISIS because that's a real sickness. You know, the whole ISIS thing is a real sickness. And But if we get along with Russia and other countries, not just, we should get along with everybody if we can. Now, it's in some cases, harder. you won't be able to, but right. we got to try. If in many cases, it's going to be harder when I've always said there's a clash of culture or civilizations. Um, you know, countries that practice Sharia. By the way, we're in the Oval Office. This is the Oval Office. It's a great statue of That's Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. By the way, just By the, for, way the, there's the bust. Luther, there's the bust. The bust of Martin Luther King, which was falsely reported, falsely reported that it was taken out of the office. When I arrived, it was immediately taken out. These are lying people. These are bad people. And Martin Luther King is here, will always be here. And the apology was this. Yeah. Did, did you pick and every look painting above. in here? Look, Alexander Hamilton, Thomas Jefferson. You got a shot of these. I did. You picked every I painting? Moved, I, moved, uh, I moved paintings around the White House. I just thought it would be great. So we have George Washington, Honest Abe Lincoln. Mm -hmm. You have Andrew Jackson, who they say was the most like my campaign because his was a vicious campaign. It was a pretty rough campaign. We have a book on Adams and Jefferson that was the most vicious campaign in the history of our country until this campaign. When you, when you first walk in this office every day and you think of it... It's great. Just take a look. And look at my desk. Papers. You don't see presidents with... I got a, one question about the desk because... And you have Ivanka and Jared have young kids. Are we going to see one of the young kids maybe crawl through there? Could like, be. I think that's a good idea before they get too old. Yeah. But that was John John. That's a secret door yeah. in that desk. And that was a famous picture. Why did you pick that desk? Well, it was Ronald Reagan. It was uh, a lot of great presidents, actually. FDR, Roosevelt. It was, it was uh, we've had a lot of great presidents 
using this desk. And I thought that would be the appropriate desk. You know, when I came here, you have a right to use your desk and this, and you can pick. They have like seven desks. You were very impressed with your phones, too. What well, I have great phones. I have, I have yeah. phones that, let me tell you, the technology that we have in this country is incredible. Unfortunately, perhaps we don't use it, but well, we need to. it is great. And the yeah. experts that do this work, we have really brilliant people doing it. Um, I assume you're going to be putting, there's a picture of your father. Picture you of my added. father, right? That wasn't there yesterday. Right. No, it wasn't. I just added that. That's yeah. good. You know that, huh? I didn't notice Well, that. you picked that up fast. And I really, why did you choose the rug of Reagan? You could have also designed your own. Yeah, and others, but yeah. I thought that, it, first of all, I liked it. I liked the look. I liked the lightness. And I like having it be Reagan. I like Reagan. I disagreed with him on some things, primarily trade. trade yeah. He was not as strong on trade as I felt he should have been, but that's okay. But he represented us very well. In your lifetime, who was the president that maybe you admired the most? Well, I liked Reagan. I didn't like him on trade. But other than trade, I liked him very much. No. And he was okay on trade, mm -hmm. but not great. I was surprised. My last question for you. I was surprised last night. I was watching your interview, and you were holding up the letter that... Barack Obama had let you uh, had left you. Right, seems like letter. a leng lengthy letter. It was, and you seem to have a personal rapport with him. And you were right. This was a really, really incredibly vicious campaign. What amazed me is that I was vicious to him in statements. He was vicious to me in statements. And here we are getting along. We're writing up Pennsylvania Avenue. Talk. We don't even mention it. I guess that's the world of politics. Mm -hmm. But I was tough on him, he was tough on me. And I like him, he likes me. I think he likes me, I mean, you're gonna have to ask him, but I think he likes he me. He doesn't talk to me. Not too much. <laughs> no, he doesn't talk I to me I can't figure out why. Yeah. But, um, look, you know, he wrote me a very nice letter, beautiful letter. Yeah, helpful to you? It's something to think about. Yeah. I agree with the letter he wrote. My I mean, very, very last question. Yes. Has this whole experience changed you in ways, in any way that you can think of? I don't think I've had the time to be changed because I'm cutting the prices of airplanes. I'm cutting the prices of army tanks. You're working. I'm cutting the prices of submarines. You know, we're lacking submarines and we're going to build new submarines, but the price is too high. So I'm cutting the prices way down. Um, doing a lot of work. In addition to getting Ford, General Motors, and some others to let's start building cars here, right?